Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And hi, friend. Hey, buddy. <laughs> We're seeing each other for the first time today in the studio, so, you know. Yeah, hey. I've started, like, not going into editorial before the podcast because there's a lot of chatter going on over there. <laughs> I need to concentrate. And I'm the worst person. I had to sit on at high school. I had to always sit out on the veranda, which I'm sure will come as a shock to no one, and in our, like, Queensland school and just look through the window because I talk too much. <laughs> so sometimes I can't sit in editorial. So all of your, like, school reports will be like, she's very talkative. Too talkative. She'll amount to nothing. Well, who had the last laugh? Not well, me. Well, look like at you now. <laughs> You're a professional talker. I know. Who would have thought? <laughs> Speaking of talking, Laura, <laughs> that is what we're here to do today. Today, we need to talk about Coachella. Weekend one has wrapped up and has ended in a bit of a fizzle, which really sums up the vibe of this weekend. So we really need to talk about the question that everyone is asking, which is, is Coachella dead? We have thoughts, but first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So today, the first trailer for the upcoming Netflix documentary, Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, was released. So it was a People magazine exclusive and it made its way out to the world. And the documentary promises to show new footage of the late Modlin actress and a different look at her legacy because her name has been one of the biggest tabloid fixtures for the last couple of decades. Anna Nicole Smith has died. Modeling, movies, her own TV show. The world is infatuated with Anna Nicole Smith. A death that opened a Pandora's box of questions. What is the truth about Anna Nicole Smith? So she became a bit of a tabloid favourite. It's the weird word they use that in the documentary, mm. but like really ridiculed in news and media outlets after marrying an 89-year-old oil tycoon, like multimillionaire, J. Howard Marshall II in 1994 after she met him while she was performing at a strip club. And then Anna Nicole Smith, who was born Vicky Lynn Hogan, was really known as an actress and a model, really known for her body, kind of ridiculed through the press. And she died of an accidental prescription overdose at the age of 39 in 2007. So this documentary has taken new footage, interviews from people that really knew her and untold stories at the height of her fame and kind of brought them together in a documentary that's going to retell her story away from those kind of really shaming headlines. So the director of the documentary, Ursula McFarlane, said that she's always been really fascinated by Anna Nicole Smith, but she only had a very like cursory knowledge of who she was, like most people did. And then she said the more she dug into her story and discovered what had actually happened in her life, 
life, it was so different to what has been told through the tabloids. And now that it's been 16 years since she died, she felt it was time to kind of really dig beneath the surface. So the tagline from Netflix is, from her first appearance in Playboy in 1992, Anna Nicole's dizzying ascent was the very essence of the American dream, brought to a tragic halt with her untimely passing in 2007. So the new documentary, Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, is going to be out on Netflix on May 16. <laughs> And in other TV news that we didn't expect to wake up to this morning, Misha Barton is joining the cast of Neighbours, as in the Australian soap opera Neighbours that was resurrected. So I'm sure everyone knows the story. Very tragically, last year, the last episode episode happened after our Christmas party. I think I had to go home and watch it at like midnight for the spill the next day. So the international kind of distributor behind Neighbours pulled a plug and that's where most of the money came from. And so the iconic soap came to an end after more than 20 years. All the famous past stars came back for the final, like Kylie Minogue. It was a huge deal. And then everyone thought, wow, people love Neighbours, which we did. <laughs> Let's bring it back, which I've seen some criticism about. And I also think, like, people need jobs oh, totally. in the Australian entertainment industry, TV jobs. So the more jobs we have out there for people and the more people are kind of, like, making their money, doing what they love, I'm okay with it. So production on that has started already in Melbourne. And today it was announced that Misha Barton is going to be playing Reed an American new to Ramsey Street who's not quite what she appears to be. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I love that. Misha Barton herself expressed her enthusiasm. I know I sound like I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And she said, I'm excited to be part of this iconic show's next chapter. I'm really looking forward to being back in Australia, a place I know and love, exclamation mark. I think the character of Reese is going to be a great role for me to explore and play with. Now, I love this because Misha Barton, very pivotal part of mm-hmm. my young adulthood. She was obviously Marissa Cooper on the OC. Her character met the most tragic end. Oh my God. So every media outlet has covered this, but have you seen what Junkie did? No. Okay. I'm going to show you so you can get your live reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone else has seen this, Junkie took... <laughs> Oh my God. It's so funny because it's such bad Photoshop. Also, it's pretty much in line with where I was thinking because my brain was just like, yeah. mm, what you say? That's what everyone's <laughs> saying. Sorry, this picture that Junkie did is that they've put Harold's face over <laughs> Ryan Atwood's face on that iconic scene where Ryan is carrying Marissa's dead body <laughs> out of the fiery car crash where she met her untimely end. So I'm here for that. That was some of my first TV trauma. Yeah. That scene of Marissa dying, RIP once again. I actually got really excited. This landed in my inbox this morning and there was only one other person in the office at that time and I just go, <gasps> and I just yell yeah. at them. Marissa is joining Neighbours. Not Marissa, you know, Misha Barton is joining Neighbours. But when you're so like synonymous with a character, yeah. you can say Marissa or Misha Barton and they're interchangeable, kind of like they were at the time when mm. she would dress like her also, character on the red the carpet. the names are very similar. Yeah. But the person next to me was like Gen Z. She's like, I haven't watched the OC. Oh and my I was like, God, well, educate this- yourself. Tell me off mic who it was and I'll go discipline <laughs> yeah. them. No, I really like this. It's an interesting career trajectory. Like, I didn't see it coming, but also I don't really know what she's been up to recently. So excited to see her back on Not a huge amount. And that's what I love. I mean, sometimes Australia cops a lot of shit for this, Mm. where people who kind of aren't super popular overseas come to Australia and we become, like, obsessed with them in a way that the rest of the world isn't. Honestly, love that. Just take them under their wing. Yeah. It's like how pink 
is like fairly well known overseas. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take away from her legacy, but she wouldn't sell out multiple stadium tours all over the US. But she comes to Australia mm-hmm. and She's she here for six can months. play every city and sell it out. Like we really love her. And I hope Misha Barton comes to a similar fate because over the last couple of years, her career trajectory and what happened to her has been pretty well documented. Mm-hmm. So when she left the OC, there was a lot of kind of bad blood around her because there were rumors that she was really badly behaved and she was a spoiled brat and she stamped her feet and said, let me off this show. I'm going to go be a movie star. And then she spoiled the ending of the OC like the night before it aired. She won a talk show and she's like, yeah, Marissa dies. And everyone was like, <gasps> oh, no. We had social media then, obviously. It wasn't the dark ages, but I don't think the traction around that <laughs> picked up the way it would have today on like TikTok and stuff. But people still knew she was going to die. And then she didn't act for a really long time mm. and her, like, body changed from how, like, most people do from when she was a teenager to adult. So she got, like, dragged through the coals for, like, being fat shamed. And I think my favourite Misha Barton moment, because she came back on the Hills reboot, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. an absolute wild card. Like, <laughs> the Neighbours news and the Hills news have shocked me equally. You just never know where this girl's going to mm. pop up. And then she confronted Perez Hilton, who was kind yeah. of, like, the big tabloid driver at the time for really mocking her body and she said that she basically left LA and Hollywood because he was at the height of his fame at the moment and she was his main target. It seems silly now that, like, a blogger could drive you out of Oh, but he was fully bullying. Yeah, Yeah, and he had so much power at the time. Like, people were obsessed with his content and it was the thing that was getting mostly widely shared and it kind of tarnished her reputation so no one wanted to put her in movies and TV shows when she was kind of such a joke. So that scene on the hills where she confronts him is so good because he's like, hey! <laughs> when he sees her coming at the bar, like, old friend, long time no see. And she can tell she's, like, rehearsed this in her mind. And she kind of was like, you did this to me, you did that. And her voice is shaking. And you can tell she kind of doesn't want to do it, but mm. she's built it up so much. And he's like, what? I just came here to have a drink with you. I don't understand what's happening, but it was so good. I love this for her. I'm excited. Hopefully she does become huge in Australia, yeah. just as on all of our TV shows. I know. I want her to then go and do Home and Away. Yes. <laughs> After she does Neighbours. What else can we get her on? She, she can does be the mask singer. Like, you know. Yeah, she's on the mask. She's they, under the mask. Yeah. She's Farmer Wants a Wife. She's in the background, <laughs> like, milking a cow. What other shows do we have in Australia? Um, You know, things will be dire when it's maths, but hey. Oh, she's on the expert panel. Hey, she could do better than some of those actual experts in that panel. Let me tell you. So the new chapter of Neighbours has started production in Melbourne and it's going to be on Prime Video later this year. Okay, so music festival Coachella's first weekend wrapped up yesterday with a very chaotic final headliner performance that really sums up the entire vibe of the festival this year. So the final performance in the Californian desert was by Frank Ocean. If you aren't familiar with Frank Ocean's music, you may know his 2012 songs Lost, Thinking About You. Okay, <laughs> this feels super judgment. I tell you, I can't know everything about everything. You know, music is kind of my... That's true. If it's not on a Broadway show or a Disney movie, I'm not going to know it. I obviously know the name Frank Ocean, but I couldn't tell you a song. There's no space in your brain because you have Misha Button's entire back. I, unfortunately, that is taking up a lot of room in there. <laughs> but look, for context, he is an artist with a cult following. He's oh, yeah. only released two albums, some sporadic singles, and the Coachella headlining gig was actually his first live performance since 2017. Oh, wow. So it was a huge deal, and there are a lot of people that purchase tickets with sort of the sole intention of seeing him. 
But it did turn into a bit of a disaster. So firstly, there was a last minute cancellation of a planned YouTube live stream. So all of the shows were on YouTube this year. People that obviously weren't at Coachella could tune in and watch it. And that was sort of like a fun online community thing happening over the weekend. That got cut last minute, which annoyed people that weren't there, obviously. And then by the time it came to the actual performance, he was an hour late and then performed most of the 80-minute set sort of in this weird room just off stage. So it was very hard to see. And there was also a 10-minute interlude that showcased, according to The Guardian, these are their exact words, showcased a twerking security guard. (laughs) (laughs) And then the set had to wrap up early because of a midnight curfew at the festival. So this has got a lot of people talking online, a lot of people are really upset, lots of hot takes. But it's kind of summed up the rest of the weekend's vibes, which were, you know, there were other technical issues during a lot of performances. Friday's headline show from Bad Bunny with special guest Post Malone had a lot of mic issues. And, you know, this is a music festival. So, like, the music is kind of the fundamental part, you would think. But this all ties into the other Coachella content that I consumed a lot of over the weekend and yesterday, which essentially all boiled down to the question... Is Coachella dead? I mean, that sounds like something that would just be trending on TikTok, (laughs) that it wouldn't actually Mm. be dead. But I agree because all weekend, all my social feeds, particularly TikTok, were just filled with people's Coachella content. And so much of that was saying that they either were never going to go again or it wasn't the same as it used to be. Mm. And do they mean that just like the act of going there is dead, like it doesn't play out on social the same way? Or do they more so mean that the actual event itself is bad? I don't know. And I don't know how much of that is actually true or if it's just them trying to be like transgressive. Yeah. Like that's going to get because it, wrote, right? it was kind of more of an indie underground. I mean, not an indie underground thing. Like it's been a huge music festival for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, it was something that it felt like only a certain amount of people got to really experience. It looked like this cool, amazing mm. thing. There was kind of this like very chic mystery around it. And over the last couple of years, it seems to be just synonymous with like brand trips and influencer photos and all those kind of things. And now the predictable backlash against anything that becomes too cool has started. Oh, yes, exactly. So I guess the first sort of sign that anyone had that it was, you know, maybe dead is the fact that the queen of Coachella, Vanessa Hudgens, was not there. And it is so funny that someone's personal brand is so synonymous with one particular event that them not being there is like a big, huge red flag for the entire weekend. Because over the last couple of years, like Vanessa Hudgens has done a lot of things. You know, she's released music. She's been in movies. She did the live performance of Grease, which doesn't sound like mm. a big thing, but everyone was like, holy shit, as Rizzo, she was amazing. Like she's a proper singer. But the main headlines you see around her every year, it's kind of like how Mariah Carey seems to just emerge at Christmas yes. to sing a Christmas song. It always felt like Vanessa Hudgens very much emerges around Coachella time. Obviously, she's not singing or performing or anything like that. It's just about her outfits because she really lent into that festival chic boho glam very intensely in a way that other celebrities who were there I'm sure festival goers were dressed like that but other celebrities who were there weren't and so it became this kind of countdown to the event not so much about who was performing but what is Vanessa Hudgens going to wear which is embarrassing for us (laughs) as a society and then she's not there this year and it made me think of this interview that I read with her a little while ago when she was being asked about Coachella and she 
was like, well, I still like it, obviously, because she doesn't want to like bite the hand that feeds her for mm-hmm. her main like event of the year. But she was like, I love going to music festivals. And one of the main reasons I always loved going to music festivals is because I felt I could just disappear. Mm-hmm. I was in a crowd of all these people. We we're watching music. You can sing, you could dance. There was no photographers around. It was kind of like I'm paraphrasing, but she basically said it was a time where she could just kind of be a bit anonymous. And then it became this huge thing about what she was wearing. And now she feels so self-conscious going because she knows there's a countdown to her outfits. Her pictures are going to be everywhere. People are going to be critiquing her look. It's become almost more intense than a red carpet for her. Oh my God. So I don't know if that's why she's not there this year. I think she said there was like a work commitment, but I feel like if she's the first celebrity to kind of pull away because the spotlight's too intense, some others might follow. Mm, And it's interesting that that has happened sort of coinciding with the, I guess, increase in influencers turning up at Coachella and brand activations, which happened sort of prior to the festival. And you have people doing, you know, my TikTok algorithm was just like, get ready with me for Coachella. And it'd be like makeup and, you know, little stars on their face and that kind of thing. And it's really interesting that that's happened. And then one of the biggest talking points that I saw online, I've put it in our notes, there's a picture of Zoe Deutsch. Can you explain what she's wearing, please? Oh, good. For the yeah, because I, like, this is not a fashion, <laughs> You're on a fashion po- podcast now. Yeah, but that is a rogue situation <laughs> that's happened. Oh, little Zoe Deutsch, she's just wearing like a basic T-shirt, really basic denim shorts and sneakers with socks, like a sensible mum who's yes. out for the day and is just wanting to be comfortable. She's got a cap in her hand. It's night at time now, so I'm assuming that she had sun safety on the brain, <laughs> a little over-the-shoulder bag so she can keep her stuff in front of her so no one can steal from her. It's the most sensible, like, music festival outfit I've ever seen. Okay, but it is also not Coachella, yeah. which therefore makes it There's cool. no headdress problematic. Yes. There's no stars on her face. There's no glittery cowboy boots. There's no large crochet kind of cape dragging in the mud behind her. She looks like a high schooler just on a like, and day off. that is what everyone is obsessed with. Everyone's like, it is so effortless. You're just doing the opposite of what we now consider to be Coachella fashion, which is trying too yeah. hard. And so people are really into it. Yeah, I feel like that kind of started bubbling away a bit like last year where Kendall Jenner and Hayley Bieber, mean girls of the kind of celebrity world, I think it's fair to say, rocked up at Coachella just wearing like normal jackets and jeans and all these influencers or people who were there were like, oh, I feel like I misread the yeah. room now because they were in these super flamboyant, glittery cowboy hats and all that sort of stuff because that's how celebrities used to dress as well. So they were trying to kind of mimic what they were doing. And then it's kind of like turning up to a party and you're in like a sequin dress and the it's person mean who girls. greets it's you. Mean girls Halloween party. Yeah, <laughs> is like in just a chic pantsuit. And then you're like, oh, well, I feel tacky now. I hope that this death around Coachella, around this particular aspect of it, is going to be a bit final because I absolutely hate influencer culture. Not influencers Mm. because there's a lot of great ones out there and I understand that's where the world's going now and that's the content we're consuming. I mean, influencer culture at events where, I mean, you see this when we go to events in Australia and I can only imagine at Coachella or like a US event, it would be 10 times that, where no one's actually at the event. Everyone's pushing like Mm -hmm. the influencers. If you're walking down a red carpet to go see a movie, 
for a premiere, they'll like push past you and they're in a state of high anxiety and stress because they're trying to get all these photos and they're trying to get these different images and they're getting pushed along like everyone else. And then they're like so stressed about getting this content and making sure it looks like they're having fun and they're having a good time that they just look like they're in the depths of hell. And then the movie will start and then you see their phones lighting up in the audience, which is freaking rude if you do that, (laughs) because they're going and looking at their photos and editing them to put them up while the movie's going when you're supposed to have your phone away. Mm -hmm. Or they're Googling, imaging themselves to see what other people have got of them, what they can share and that sort of thing. And then they like run out of there before the movie's over so they can go and shoot more content and get it up online. And then the event's ruined for everyone. Mm. And that is just a bad way to live. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and executive produced by Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and over on The Spill Instagram page. Bye. Bye.